On today's bonus Locked on Jayhawks, Kansas football adds an interior offensive lineman, Daryl Simmons, a transfer from Iowa State. You are Locked on Jayhawks, your daily podcast on the Kansas Jayhawks, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Derek Johnson. You can hear me as well Monday through Friday from 3 to 6 p.m. on KLWN in Lawrence with Rock Chalk Sports Talk, though Nick Springer is holding down the fort right now on that. Thanks for making Locked on Jayhawks your first listen every day. We are free and available anywhere you get your podcasts, including on our YouTube page where you can like and subscribe to the show. On today's bonus episode of Locked on Jayhawks, we're talking KU football's latest commit, Daryl Simmons Jr., a transfer offensive lineman from Iowa State. We released an episode that uh, we put out, you know, on, on Sunday night and, and scheduled for Monday morning about Lance Leipold returning. So check that out. And Devin Neal and some of the latest offseason stuff with Javier Derrick committing from North Dakota State and, you know, some of the latest stuff you've been doing in the portal. And then pretty much quickly after that, Daryl Simmons Jr. announced that he's going to be committing to KU. So wanted to talk a little bit about that. Uh, first, let's start with Daryl Simmons this was kind of right before the buzzer. You get him in as a last-minute weekend visitor. He ends up announcing to KU. I wonder if he was waiting to, to hear about like the Washington stuff with Lance Leipold. Uh, but that obviously cleared itself up, and he's staying at Kansas. And right before the buzzer in terms of classes now start this week, so you can bring him in and get him ready to go and, and have him uh, under the guise of the university to, to get him into spring football. Uh, more credit to the staff, honestly, like thinking about the recruiting on this of getting somebody to commit despite being at a visit during the weather this weekend. Like, think about that. As cold as it is, like imagine going somewhere and, and the weather is negative 10 degrees and you're like, do I really want to be here? Obviously, he was at Iowa State, though, so it, it gets cold there, too. But still, uh, more more credit, more power to the staff for being able to do that. Six foot three, 320 pound, big interior offensive lineman originally from East St. Louis. Then went to Iowa State. He'll be a sixth-year senior in 2024, so experienced player. He has one year left to play in what you're bringing in. And he, as far as his college career, he redshirted in 2019, his first year at Iowa State. Then as a redshirt freshman in 2020, which was the COVID year, had really recognized, I guess, awarded season. He was second-team freshman All-American by The Athletic. He was an honorable mention All-Big 12 player playing right guard in that 2020 COVID season. 2021, he was the full-time starter at right guard. 2022, he started all but one game at right guard. And then 2023, this past season, he moved over to left guard and only appeared in five games, ended up losing his starting spot. For what it's worth, this season, he had a 60.6 PFF grade. I've mentioned this before, the scale 60 to 69 is basically an average starter. So kind of a low-end average starter, what you're looking for as far as that grade. It was a small sample size, 142 snaps. He graded as a 60.5 run blocker, a 54.5 pass blocker. And that would mean that, okay, maybe more of a run blocker. But I'll tell you his career numbers here shortly, and that would actually insinuate the opposite. Out of comparison, though, Michael Ford graded out a 73.9. Kobe Baines graded out a 63.6. So you're about in range with what Baines did this year. Armage Reed Adams, who you lost to Texas A&M, is a 61.7. So if you're viewing this as an Armage Reed Adams replacement, you know, you're not that far off in, in PFF grade. Uh, you could also view it as a Spencer Lavelle replacement if you think that he's going to be coming off the bench. We'll talk about the offensive line impact here in a second, and in which case you would view that as an upgrade. Lavelle was a 58.2, but that was also even smaller sample size. 
Over the course of his career, 40 career games played, over 30 career starts for Simmons. Very experienced player. You never say no to added offensive line depth, especially experience like that. He's had over 2,500 career snaps at the Big 12 level. Mostly have come at the right guard. Mentioned this last year, came all at left guard. I do wonder if he's better on the right side, and maybe that's what contributed to him having more of a down year and losing that starting spot in that maybe Iowa State was like, we have to play you here, and that just wasn't as good for him. And, and I know it sounds like, oh, guard, left guard, right guard. What's the big difference? I mean, some guys can make that transition, and it's all the same. Some guys are very, you know, right-hand dominant, left-hand dominant, right-foot dominant, left-foot dominant, whatever. Like Bryce Cableu, for instance, in the spring this past year, they tried playing him some at left tackle, and he actually approached the staff at one point and was like, I just – I can't do this. This is not adding up for me. I, I need to be at right tackle. And they moved him back, and he had a solid year at right tackle for KU. So maybe KU will use him more in his preferred position, I would assume, at right guard. Here's his four-year PFF grades, though, outside of just this year. This is in order from freshman year to this past year. 61.0, 59.4, 64.4, and 60.6. So pretty collectively, he's in that, like, you know, low-end starting-level player to a middling starting player, which is, is fine because he might start, he might not, not. But either way, you have more competitive, capable players, I guess, that you would put in here. And actually, up until this year, he's been a better pass blocker every season than he was a run blocker by PFF grade, including a 69.9 pass block grade in 2022. So certainly something uh, of interest. Let's get into what this means for the offensive line group. Will he be a starter? Could he be a rotation player? We'll discuss that here in a moment on Locked on Jayhawks. First, we are brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. The NFL regular season is wrapping up, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is so easy to use, and there's so many different bets you can get in on. Live same-game parlays, find bets in the new Explore tab, make a parlay in the Parlay Hub, the best way to find popular parlays, and more. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make your first battle app, FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. This impact of Daryl Simmons Jr. on the offensive line for KU. Well, first of all, we went over some of those PFF grades. And I will say, um, Iowa State's got a great coaching staff and everything. And they've done, you know, wonders with that program that has been pretty dormant until Matt Campbell and everything arrived. I think Scott Fuchs is one of the best offensive line coaches in the conference and in the entire country. And so maybe you can get even more out of him than before. Maybe he can take that low, that jump into being an even better player from here. As far as when you look at the offensive line, you know, we can mention some of the offensive tackles that you have with Clemens and Cable and Brown and Livingston and stuff. But this guy, I think, is more of an interior offensive lineman. He's going to play the guard position for you. So you brought in Shane Bumgarner, which we talked about on an earlier episode of Locked on Jayhawks. So check that out uh, as part of Lance Leipold coming back or, or I guess staying at Kansas. But the guard position, you're looking at Michael Ford, who was one of the highest rated guards in the Big 12 this past season on PFF. You have Kobe Baines, who will be a redshirt junior, former Louisville transfer, played pretty well this year. And then you've got some guys who can maybe fill in his backups. Nolan Gorchika, kind of like a swing player. Maybe you can move him all over. Like DK Stearns, uh, you have a couple freshmen coming in that, that maybe could play there, but you don't really want to get freshmen on the field at the line position like Harrison Utley and Kine Anine. Uh, Hank Kelly, redshirt junior. You were looking for more depth, though, on the offensive line because you're looking for eight guys that can cover those positions. You want five good starters, and you want three guys who can come in off the bench. At minimum, you'd prefer to have even more than that, obviously, but at minimum three that can cover the different spots for you. And right now you feel like, okay, off the bench, 
uh, who are the guys you trust the most, right? Like James Livingston might jump into that. Uh, Nolan Gurchika might jump into that. Jerry Dorian might jump into that conversation of being in that trusted number. You don't know. But right now, it's the starting five, which I would estimate at this point in time, Calvin Clemens, Bryce Cableu at the two tackles, Michael Ford, Shane Bumgarner at guard and center, and then one of Kobe Baines or Daryl Simmons Jr. at the other guard position. So uh, you look at it as one of those two. They'll compete with each other. You hope they push each other and iron sharpens iron there and makes them a little bit better. Then whoever loses out on that job between Baines and Simmons becomes one of your swing guys, right? With Baines, you can play him at one of the guard spots. You can play him at one of the tackle spots. And we looked this past year. KU basically played six offensive linemen for five starter spots, right? Because it was Baines and Armash Reed Adams who were kind of rotating into different positions. You could use Reed Adams as a tackle. You could use Baines as a tackle. Baines would come off the bench at points. Baines would rotate in here. Same with ARA. So uh, you're kind of looking all over the place with what you were able to do there and get all those guys' collective snaps. That's kind of how I view it with Simmons Jr. and Baines, that even though one will technically be the starter, I think both will seriously play a real role on this team, and the other can kind of be a swing guy. Um, Maybe it makes more sense for Simmons to be right guard, which I think Ford was playing left guard, so that works out. And then Baines does have the ability to play guard and tackle maybe more than Simmons, so maybe it makes more sense for you know Simmons to be starting there. Either way, that would give you your first guy off the bench with one of them. Your second guy off the bench, I'd, I'd feel comfortable with Logan Brown, assuming that everything works for him coming back from the injury that he suffered. So then you have two, and then you're looking for a third guy you can trust. Well, I think Nolan Gorchik has had uh, some good ball, whether it was in the practices leading up to the bowler, that it started to progress in the right way there. That makes you feel good like he can be the third, and he plays a bunch of different positions. Uh, like I said, I think James Livingston is starting to make strides too, so maybe he would add him into the fold, and, and then you got a bunch of the freshmen and some of the other key returners uh, there too. But either way, I, I think you're looking at, yeah, Baines and Simmons competing for that starting spot. Loser of the the job will still get a lot of playing time, though, either way for KU. And I think when you add in Scott Fuchs with maybe moving him, maybe having him play his more uh, what seemed to be a more natural position based on the PFF grades of right guard, I think this is going to be a good year for Daryl Simmons Jr. and for uh, adding him to the mix for KU. All right, let's finish up here with uh, the final, I guess, what's to come with the transfer portal for KU as we get ready for spring ball here with this episode of Locked on Jayhawks. This episode of the show is brought to you by Jace Medical. You know, obviously we come to this show to talk sports and create escape some of the crazy realities of life. But can we just talk for a minute about preparing for real life? According to the FDA, pharmacies are running out of antibiotics like amoxicillin right in the middle of the worst flu season in over a decade. Uh, you can avoid some of the supply chain issues and uh, keep getting your life-saving medication. Thankfully, you're going to be okay by Jace Medical. The Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, including UTIs, respiratory infections, sinusitis, skin infections, among others. The stuff could happen to any of us. Visit jacemedical.com and complete your physician encounter. It'll be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. It's never been more important to be prepared than today go to jacemedical.com and use offer code locked on to get $20 off your order well so this was a nice last minute ad for KU the start of the semester starts up that's going to make it harder to add more players now um you can you know start new school a week late or something if they're able to add somebody in late and everything but you want to add as, as much as you could before spring ball. I think KU is still looking for a defensive end, another one that they can add to. They already added Dylan Woodkey, but after you lose Austin Booker, probably looking to add one more, specifically somebody who can be more of a pass rusher type. I think they're still looking to add maybe a linebacker. But outside of that, with with adding those two linemen that you did this past week with Bumgardner and Simmons, you, you might feel good about where the offensive line is. 
Um, and obviously you'll reevaluate everything by the end of spring ball. You'll feel like, okay, where did we have injuries? Where did we, you know, get not as, as good at production as we thought we might have, where did players not take a step up as much as we hoped they would as far as young guys. And you'll adjust from there and maybe add a few guys. But for the most part, you know, we look back to some of the additions that KU has made after spring ball in the summer, harder for those guys to get on the field, right? They, they didn't have as much time with the playbook or getting to know the system or getting to know the staff and, and kind of working through some of the competition. It becomes a lot tougher for those guys to get on the field, which is why it was important to add, you know, a player like Simmons who could end up being a starter at this point in time. You, you still need some stuff, but the number has definitely dwindled in what exactly you do need. And I think Kansas is in a pretty good spot in majority of their positions, even though they will still need maybe a few additions. And maybe they can get somebody in in the next week or so and, and still be a part of spring ball and everything like that. So we'll be on the lookout for that. That'll do it for this episode of Locked on Jayhawks, though. We'll be back tomorrow for a KU Oklahoma State preview. Thanks for tuning in to the show. Find us anywhere you get your podcasts, including on our YouTube page, where you can like and subscribe to the show. Later.